Hi, I'm Heather, Certified Transformational Life Coach and Meditation Instructor. And I'm Mary Catherine, a Certified Yoga Instructor and Truth Crusader. Welcome to The Naked Truth, a podcast for women who are ready to talk transparently about living this life as authentic women. Throw in the towel when it comes to pretending, covering up, and exhausting fake fronts and learn how to be and accept you. Each week and each season, we will discuss and break down topics that are profound, challenging, and mad real when it comes to the hearts of womankind from two women who passionately accept you right where you are. Because we've lived a little and we aren't afraid to share it. We're real, we're live, and we're women. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Hello, everyone. Good morning. We are back. You are listening to The Naked Truth Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. This is Heather. Um, This is Mary Catherine, and I'd also like to say good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're listening. Absolutely. I just take for granted, since this drops in the morning, that the (laughs) early birds hear us bright and early. Well, of course, everyone's going to. Yes. Listen right away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever is your flavor. (laughs) Okay. So today we're going to be talking about self-compassion. What is self-compassion and how it is vital? And this goes with our theme this month or this season of mental health related topics. I'm going to start with a couple quotes that I love about compassion. And they're from the Dalai Lama. And I love the Dalai Lama. Love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. Dalai Lama. Um, I've always loved this quote in part because it can be taken two ways. Either humanity will become physically extinct without love and compassion, or humanity will become metaphorically extinct without love and compassion. Meaning these two concepts are all intrinsically part of being human. So we're getting deep, we're getting deep. Another quote that I love from the Dalai Lama that falls right in line with self-compassion is, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. Compassion, then, is not only a vital piece of our humanity, it is also an extremely effective tool for improving our lives and the lives of others, not just us, but others. So, fortunately, it is not all that difficult to cultivate a sense of compassion for others, for most people. I don't think it's difficult to to feel compassion for others. It seems like nowadays it's getting harder and harder. It is. Yeah. I say for most people. <laughs> because I do believe there is a population out there that is conditioned to think about me, myself, and I. And I hope you're listening because I really hope that I hope that you take something from this. And I feel also, though, as it gets harder and harder to have compassion for others, it becomes even more difficult to have compassion for ourselves and it becomes a vicious cycle of bingo a lack of compassion all the way around yes developing compassion for ourselves can is 
vital. It's vital and it's extremely difficult in comparison to being, you know, feeling compassion for, for mm -hmm. others. So when I was thinking about all of this, I was writing notes, tons of notes, and I don't use all the notes that I research and find you and that I want lot. to use. I have a lot on this topic and I'm not going to go over a lot of them, but I do have a lot of notes because I love, I love mental health topics. I just do. This is what I have spent my life doing. And um, I've got a lot to say, but I'm, I'm trying to pare it down. So it's less than 20, 25 minutes, but here's a question. How do you love yourself? How do you do that? If you feel like you don't love yourself, how do you do that? Where do you even start? And for some, especially, you know, we're human beings that are wired to watch others on social media and some seems to really have it figured out. And there's so many people who readily acknowledge their love for themselves without shame. And that's great. That's great. Um, but how do you do it? Um, especially for the others that struggle with the idea of loving themselves. Either they don't even know if they like themselves or because the concept of loving yourself sometimes feels on par with narcissism. So they should try to shift away and take the humble approach. But I'm going to let you know that it is not on par with narcissism. Spoiler alert. No, it's not. So I want to connect all of this for you. Um, the effects of self-compassion and how it connects to mental health. I wrote some, some notes to share with you, but a lack of compassion for yourself, it can play a role in mental health conditions. It, it, it just does. Many people find it to be, uh, it's difficult to feel self-compassion after a traumatic or troubling experience especially when self-compassion is linked in the mind to self-pity. Um, people who are going through a divorce, especially a difficult divorce, might have feelings of shame or guilt, and they may feel as if they have failed um, in their marriage and if they are undeserving of a second chance or they're undeserving of that chance or of healing. And then the self-judgment leads to conditions such as anxiety, insecurity, depression. Um, so that's just one example, but we could list a multitude of traumatic, troubling experiences where that would come into play. Um, Self-compassion often allows people to accept their failures and move past them and try again. So that is why it is so imperative that in those traumatic events, when we self-judge, when we um, when we take on all of those feelings of shame and unworthiness, that we find a way to accept and maybe rewire or change the perspective on our failures and move past them and learn from them and try again. When we talk about self-compassion too and the effects that it has on our mental health, sometimes that self-compassion is a tangible effort to maybe give yourself some space, give yourself some time to practice your mental and emotional self-compassion as well, because mm -hmm. we all need that break. We all need that mm -hmm. pause, especially during those times that you just spoke about. Mm -hmm. And if you've never done this before, it might, it might feel hard. You might not even know where to start. So get a pen and paper out and, and ask yourself, what do I need? What would, um, what would give my mind rest? What would make me, what would fill me up today? 
Sometimes um, it might be a cup of coffee by yourself without mm -hmm. your kids around. Sometimes it's more, more deep than that, but only, yeah. you know, take a chair and go sit near a field, take a chair and go sit by a river, a pond, um, go for a drive, go for a walk by yourself. Um, Listen to some old episodes of the Naked Truth podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but think about what would, everybody's different and everybody is going to um, need different types of self-compassion and you're the only one that can do that. So self-compassion is about self. It's about you. You have to do that. Um, I have a couple exercises before I get into um, some of the whys, but some exercises to help enhance self-compassion. Um, I've done this before and it truly does work. It's a little uncomfortable, but it works. But write a letter to yourself from the point of view of a compassionate friend. If you're really struggling with self-compassion, do it every day for a week. Journaling. That's my next one. I cannot express the importance, the healing importance of journaling or writing about your personal imperfections, your inadequacies. Um, it can help increase mindfulness, putting your feelings um, down um, pen to paper. There is incredible power in that. Um, that release. Yes. The knowing that it's in the privacy of your own yes circle but yes and if you don't know where to start you okay journaling doesn't have to be this beautiful nearly you know publishable <laughs> style of writing with perfect penmanship you know it doesn't have to make it sense to anybody but you i'm a i love what i call bullet journaling just getting out ideas and scribble scribble getting out ideas like kind of like a brain dump and um it doesn't have to be in perfect paragraph form who cares about your spelling your grammar this is for you so journaling it, you make the rules for that but it's so so powerful um and then maintaining a self-care routine can also be a benefit um, as the meeting of personal needs can increase one's ability to effectively care for and support others, and namely yourself. Um, when personal wellness declines, negative feelings might often be directed toward yourself, and this can also make it more difficult to feel compassion for you and others. So a self-care routine. Look, look at throughout your day. How are you taking care of yourself? And just, it can be small microscopic changes initially. You don't have to say, okay, you know, I've got to revamp my eating, my exercise, my, my cooking, my, but just insert a few um, compassionate style routines that, that 10 minutes of prayer in the morning, the 20 minute walk, the um, 20 minute going off by yourself and journaling, just start slow so that it doesn't feel like, you know, it's, it's something that's not conquerable. During quarantine, a hot shower was self-care sometimes. Yes. Um, 
with taking time out to put some some activities for self-compassion and self-care in your schedule. It's always important though to make sure that it doesn't become part of your uh, repetitive schedule, I guess mm -hmm. is where I'm trying to go with this. Um, so that it feels special. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, there was a point in time where I was very methodical about getting massages every six weeks. And at the beginning of that, it was amazing because mm -hmm. I had never taken time for myself like mm -hmm. that before. And the the health benefits, the mental, the concentration benefit, all the stuff that came from it were it, it was just amazing. And then it became part of my, well, now I've got to leave work early because I've got to make it here. And I've and it completely so as as your schedule changes, your life changes that that will mm -hmm. change with it too. So it's, I mean, it's, it's special. Mm -hmm. Keep it special. Mm -hmm. I've noticed it with, with quarantine life. I love to garden. I love to hike. I love my patio. I love reading out on my patio or my special little chair. Now that I'm home, because I'm working from home, my gardening, my reading in my special chair, my patio, hiking, it has become part of my everyday routine. It does not feel special. It doesn't. Do I still enjoy it? Sure. But I had to get my thinking cap out and think, okay, what am I going to do today, for lack of a better word, for fun? You know, it could be just going somewhere different for that dog walk or um, finding a different garden to go sit at and read my book or just, you know, it's just something because it's, you start to feel like you're in an echo chamber and you're just around the same things over all the and time. Over again. It's like the matrix. Mm -hmm. Whereas before we would come home, we would have a, I'd be gone for nine hours a day and you come home and it's home as your refuge. Your patio is just glorious. You haven't been there all day. It's such a treat to, you know, sit amongst your flowers and, and with your book and in your special chair. Cause that's, that's new and special and prized because you've been, you've been in the battle zone all day and gardening, you know, you can't, you know, I can garden now on my lunch hour if I want. And I do oftentimes, but it is the, the specialness has gone. So this is a very good point though. When you talk about that, when I was working from home, I went through the same thing that you work from home. When you get done working, you're, at home still. <laughs> and during quarantine, there was no place for you to go. Mm -hmm. And I remember that there was a point in time where I, it starts to mess with your head mm -hmm. and you just start to get in this rut of, I mean, it's this endless cycle of wake up, work, stop working, go to bed, wake what's up. for dinner. Correct. The cringiest question of quarantine, what's for dinner <laughs> anyway. And I, I remember that there was one day that I was having a little pity party. Like I, I don't see anybody. I'm home all the time. I I'm just alone. And then going down the thought of girlfriend, you're healthy. You're still working. You have the ability to work from home and you are able to stay safe working from home. And I started to beat myself up mentally because of that and starting to feel bad because I was being so selfish. Part of my self-compassion was recognizing the fact of, 
yes, all of those things are blessings, but it's still a change in my, in my routine, in my everyday, in my thought process and how I see life and allowing yourself the self-compassion to recognize that even though you are blessed with all those things, you're still going through a change. Mm-hmm. And because you're going through that change does not mean that you don't appreciate those blessings, but you just have to change your paradigm and change the way you view them. Mm-hmm. So paradigm, that's a great word. That was change just your a paradigm. I love it. It was some self-compassion that I practiced during quarantine mm-hmm. while I was having my pity party. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary Catherine and I are doing this episode a little bit different where normally like one or the other of us go first. A lot of times we then at times, not always, repeat the same points. So we are, um, you know, I kind of started with the intro of self-compassion, but now we're going to talk about um, how you can, how how you can bolster your self-compassion, how you can create this in your, we can, we're going to give you some real life applicable um, things that you can do. And we're going to, we're going to tag team it together. Tag team back again. There you go. See, when I think tag team, I think of the 1980s when I used to watch um, the fake wrestling. Oh, WWF. Yeah, they tag team. What are you going to do? You're it. When Hulkamania runs wild. There's so much useless trivia in this brain. (laughs) Like I... I'm giving you permission when I die. Please look at it. I'm sure that there's something different with my look at, brain. Look at your brain. Yes. I'll get it dissected. Yes. And, okay. I really do think though, since we are, we talked about journaling, I think you need to just start uh, creating some sort of log journal. Bible of all my useless Yeah. And it doesn't, it, again, I'm going to do piggyback on what I said earlier, it doesn't have to be eloquently written, just bullet down, bullet journal down, just dump it all, dump it all. Or, you know what, if you don't want to write it down, you could just simply, you know, the iPhones, iPhones now are, are just so advanced. Just do those little recording things that people are always walking around doing and sending to one another. So as you get a thought, you know, uh, the, what was the, the middle of one episode where you did the something about the spanky pants or the piss the oh no I recited <laughs> an entire dialogue from Talladega Nights and that just for the record that was not in an episode that was a sound test that we did oh no I think you did it did I I think you did it if not we're, we'll go back through we'll go back through I think she actually gave a sample of it yes she did. And if she didn't, I promise you folks, she will. Anyway, we have really, really taken a nosedive in the other direction. Back on track, self-compassion. First of all, let yourself make mistakes. Let yourself make mistakes. We are human. So is everybody else. And it's okay. Giving yourself permission to be human once in a while is one way to accept your flaws Remind yourself that you are not alone in being imperfect. Next, next uh, exercise, care for yourself as you would treat others. If a friend is feeling down, hurt or upset, you might physically pat them on the back or hold their hand. Um, You talk lovingly to them. Uh, 
tap into your own caregiving system for yourself. It releases what's called oxytocin, which has major beneficial cardiovascular effects, um, along with tender and forgiving language to ourselves. Um, these gestures can lead us to feel self-kindness, even if we're initially very reluctant to do so. Talk to yourself as you would your friend as well. Not just treat. And I think that you touched on that. Yes. Use releasing statements. And so last season, this season, I talk about affirmations. I'm an affirmation lover. I love <laughs> affirmations. And I love that, you know, for me, affirmations that I use and that I need, they change all the time because what you're facing and what's going on in your head changes. So I love affirmations because you can just create them every day based on, you know, what you want to combat in your mind. But maybe you've never been a big fan of positive affirmations. Maybe they don't feel natural or you believe they don't maybe reach your inner critic at some subconscious level. That's okay. You can do what is called a releasing statement. They're closely related, but um, instead of, here's an example. Um, I'm such a horrible person for getting upset. Try turning it around and releasing yourself from that feeling and say, it's okay that I felt upset. It's okay that I felt upset. Next, um, try self-acceptance. This means embracing your own perceived shortcomings as well as your character strengths. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, I'm never going to be a size two. It's physically Nor impossible. Nor am I, darling. Nor am I. So if, and I think that we touched My on this. My skeleton wouldn't be a size two. <laughs> we touched, it wouldn't be. We touched on this in the last episode um, talking about negative self-talk. And an example that we used is, um, and I know ain't no woman listening to this podcast that hasn't had this happen to them at least once. Getting ready for work in the morning getting ready to go somewhere and you're trying on something, pants are tight, maybe pants don't fit. It like we fluctuate. There are times that things like that are going to happen. We go on vacation, we gain weight, we, we get off balance. Yes. We develop some bad habits. It, it, it happens to not beat yourself up over it, but also to recognize what you can do to move yourself in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Next one, and Mary's going to go hard on this one. Practice <laughs> mindfulness. You, you, you said hard. Here, here we go, people. Here we go. Practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is a great way to center ourselves in the moment. There are tons of exercises out there, such as yoga. Mary Catherine is a yoga instructor. Namaste. Yes. And deep breathing. And she's a guru on that. Um, I love deep breathing. Really do. It, it works so well and you can do it anywhere. It can be used anytime, anywhere. Um, so guided nurturing meditations, including body scans um, and short little self-compassion breaks. This stuff is huge in, uh, in practicing self-compassion. Being mindful when you practice your self-compassion, just taking, stopping what you're doing to take a few deep breaths and talking about deep breathing. When we shallow breathe, when you breathe in a way where it's, it's shallow, you're sucking in, that actually 
not only is it not good for you physically, but mentally, it will release the same emotion that is re or in the same chemicals that are released that put you in a fight or flight response. It makes you more stressed when you shallow and short breathe. Taking some deep breaths, expanding your belly, letting the air fill your lungs, it not only will stop you physically because you actually have to stop and think about your breathing, it sets your brain in a different direction. It's hugely important to deep breathe throughout your day. Um, and when we talk about being mindful, also acknowledging whatever painful emotion you're going through. And when I say painful emotion, it doesn't have to be um, the death of a loved one, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a job. It, your painful emotion could be the fact that you just got in a fight with one of your kids. I mean, whatever is putting you in the situation that you are requiring some self-compassion, some self-care, some self-time. And Heather and I just had a wonderful conversation before we started recording the podcast about um, allowing yourself to go through a painful emotion. I just heard this quote on a podcast that I was listening to, and it's from Melanie Schreeder. You don't heal when you deny your pain. You heal when you walk through it. So part of that self-compassion is allowing yourself the time that you need to feel it, Be, go through it. Don't, don't shy away from it. Cry, scream, take some time alone, do whatever you need to do to let that emotion run through your body and to get it out. Um, the only way to get to the other side is to go through it. If you put the rug over it, it it's going to, you're going to feel that hump until you go through it. Yes. It and sucks to go through it. Oh. It's easier to avoid it. But in the end, is it really easier? No. Because you carry that luggage every single day until you go through it. I remember talking to my aunt once when I was um, going through a very difficult time. And I was just having a really, really shitty day. And she said, you know, Mary Catherine... I can't offer you any advice other than to just have a shitty day and to cry and to go through it. And exactly what you just said, because the only way to get past this isn't to walk around it mm -mm. because it's going to come back. It's not to go run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. It is to walk directly through it and to go through every shitty emotion mm -hmm. <laughs> that comes along with it. But that, that is a form of self-compassion, even though it sounds a little backwards, but allowing yourself that experience of going through it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself grace to, you know, give yourself grace. So many people think that they can't get ugly and cry and, and be down for a few days while they deal with something, you know, bullshit. Get... Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Give yourself the grace to feel it and to, to experience those emotions. And you, you need it. You need you, it. You, you get in a fight with your spouse. Your spouse says something to you that makes you upset. Cry. 
be upset about it. it. That's your emotion to have. Just don't dwell on it. Don't stay there. Correct. Once you get it out, yep. don't stay there. And you'll find that once you do go through it, you don't end up staying there. No, because you don't want to no. because you went through it. You stay there when you put the rug over it or when you sideswipe it, when you throw a cape on to fake it. That's when you stay there because it's gnawing at you. So you're, you're always there. You're never fully, you can never fully let it go because you've got it on your back. And, and once you've done that, once you've acknowledged whatever it is that is causing you this pain, this discomfort, and you've gone through it and you're standing on the other side of it, offer yourself a phrase of compassion. May I be kind to myself. May I give myself the compassion I need. May I learn to accept myself as I am. May I forgive myself. May I forgive others. May I be strong. May I be patient. And continue on. And just remembering to treat yourself gently as you move forward through your day, through your life. And anytime you need to, Going back to that first step of taking a few deep breaths, grounding yourself, and going inside. Boom. Shakalaka. That wasn't planned, folks. <laughs> just that good. Okay. So stop. Stop right now. Take some time. If you don't have some time right now, plan some time. How can you be more self-compassionate to yourself? And just remember... If you're having a shitty day, being shitty to yourself ain't going to fix it. Amen. With that, we'll see you next time, folks. We're real. We're live. And we're still women. Thank you for listening, listening to The Naked Truth. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episode notifications, as well as updates and random pieces of positivity to brighten your day. That's the Naked Truth Podcast on Facebook and at the Naked Truth Pod on Instagram. And shout out to Ewart Williams for our epic theme song and Michaela Shope for our top-notch cover art.